everybody. Welcome today to the Unconventional Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Demers, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Cameron Fearing. Hey, buddy, what's up? Not much, man. Just enjoying another day. I think nothing much is always your first reply. <laughs> yeah, it sort of is, isn't it? <laughs> well, hey, guys, thanks for tuning in today. We have... Um, uh, want to just take a moment we, we've had awesome response from everyone um a very uh huge uh thank you to the pastors that have been sharing our podcast a lot of you've given us some really excellent feedback we want to encourage you to continue to do that give us feedback let us know what you're loving guys feel free to shoot us topics you want us to cover here on the unconventional journey podcast we like to tackle tough subjects and things that people want to hear conversations about so yeah please keep those coming uh, if you have not already please hit the follow buttons on whatever you're listening to on because that allows you to see the latest episodes come out so enough of my snippet there of my uh, promotion uh, we got a lot to talk about today we're going to dive into a, a very fun topic and that is the topic of money <laughs> so the question I'm asking today as we start out is, do we or I or any of you serve money or does money allow you the ability to serve at a higher level? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we we all have jobs, whether it's in ministry or it's in, you know, the day in day work uh, across whatever our jobs are. But how do we utilize money? Right. Well, we have to, to your point, we have to have money to survive, right? Yes. Uh, as long as I know and you know, we still go to the grocery store, to Walmart or uh, you know the gas station, and they expect us to give them something. Well, so does the government, right? With our taxes oh, and, and everything else that we have to pay, you know. We're, we're expected to pr- produce a certain amount of money just to live, right? I think yes. that's what we're getting at with our, with our piece of the conversation there. Now, I've heard people, especially in church today and, and uh, you know, people in our lives before get all up in arms, say, oh, money's evil, money's evil, money's evil. You know, it's it's wicked and we shouldn't have anything to do with it. Well, that's really not true. When you look at money biblically, you know, First Timothy 6, 9 through 11 talks about uh, particularly the love of money being the root of all evil. And that's the scripture they like to allude to. It doesn't say money is evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. You got to remember that money is a thing. Yeah. It's not a person. It's not. So in order for money to be evil, our sinful nature uses it in a way that's evil. Yeah, we we desire and long for it. It's a lust that we have at yep. times for money and the for the uh, the desire for more money or to the desire for more things which we purchase with money and and you know that will get us. That's what gets us into trouble is when we we decide that. We want to take money that is a good tool and a good resource, and we want to um, uh, set it on a shelf or make it a god in our life, and we bow down and worship it. Well, how many times do we buy those things? Do we really need them? And then how often do we have to go through our garage? And I sort of preached on this the uh, last Sunday, is we've got to do a clean out. Now those things that we may have paid hundreds of dollars for is worth pennies, and we never got any use out of it. So how could we better use our money? Yeah, if you look around your home and and look at the things that in the past you said, I absolutely need, I, mm-hmm. I need it, and I need it, and I need it, and now it just sits on a shelf, or it par- it's parked in a garage, or it's, you know, tucked away in a in a secret place. I, we we had, uh, we just got back 
uh, from a cruise to Mexico, and me and my wife were reminiscing while we were walking on the cruise ship to, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, we got roped into a art auction on a cruise ship. <laughs> and at that time, it felt like we had to have that art or that oh, paintings. Yeah. We were we were living in the moment yep. and we were, you know, we were young and they roped us in and we bought three paintings. And here's the funny part. We really had forgotten about them till we were walking on this cruise ship in, in Mexico and they were advertising the art auction. And my wife looks at me and says, you know what? We still have those three paintings in our safe, in an art roll, and we've never taken them out. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. We still have those? She's like, yeah. And, you know, at the time when we were living in that moment, we thought we needed those. Here oh, it yeah. is, whatever, 15, 20 years later. I don't know when that, that cruise was. We still have not even taken them out of the package. They're pro- they're sitting in a safe in a in a art roll someplace. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here in shame just thinking about it, right? <laughs> oh, I bet. I mean, how many times do we buy stuff? We absolutely need it right then and there. Yep. You know, it could be a new deer blind. Uh, are we using don't, it? Don't eyeball me. I'm saying. not eyeballing you. I did this. I bought a blind this this year, and I mean, I used it maybe once or twice, maybe three times most, just because we didn't get out as much. But when you look at things and and you think, oh, I need to have this, and then it goes right into your garage. Um, it's just it's it's a difficult thing to think about how much money and how better could that money be used. If we think about it or even pray about it, I've heard some people say, you know, they let God guide all decisions, even small purchases. Is this something that I really need God? Yeah. When I, as a pastor, when I start counseling people that have money trouble, this is a question that they haven't asked themselves. You know, uh, we, we look at people in America today and I don't have the stats. We're going to have a lot more conversations on money, but you know, down the road in the future podcast, but as we're dipping our toe in it today, uh, if we were to look at the statistics about credit card debt in America, oh, yeah. it's just it's it's astounding. It it floors you when you look at these numbers, and that the majority of that are is people spending above their means, yep. and then they look around like, why are we in the mess we're in? And and uh, you know, money leads to fights and marriages, and leads to people getting divorces. It leads to trouble with kids. It leads to addictions. There's so many things happen when the love of money replaces the love of God. And I mean, there, there'll be people who even have hidden credit cards from their spouses to, to hide their spending. And then again, just like anything, when it comes to light or truth comes, you have to deal with it. And how, how can you handle that if you're not truly walking with, walking with Christ? Yeah. When you look at the um, amount of people that are hiding things. Yeah. It, it, it's astounding. People over and over again, things come out and people are finding that they are are way underwater and then it comes to light and it, it's just, it, it wrecks. It's devastating what it does. Absolutely. I mean, we we have joint accounts, the, the wife and I, and this uh, is just sort of our yeah. thing. And so um, we, we, we try to make sure that we're upfront with everything. And I think, you know, so many people who have this, they, they have their own accounts you know, it, it makes it so much more difficult to be upfront and talk about it because, well, this is my money. And when we come into a relationship, I'm not telling people how to handle their bank accounts and that, but I mean, you know, when you come together and, and we see this in the Bible, when you get married, you become one. Right, right. And and if, if one person has a completely different idea how to spend money and you're in a different area, it's really hard for that relationship to, to work seamlessly. Right, right. And that's, 
when people are on two separate pages and they're not in unity, and I've I've talked to many many families. You mentioned briefly about having joint accounts. If yeah. you if you have joint accounts in a marriage, and that's the only thing that both people see, then that saves that that separation. And yeah. and and I know I this is. I I can't tell you how astounding it is when I talk to people that have separate accounts. What what amount of people that have separate accounts uh, they they have trouble in their marriage because it's always an argument about who's paying what or what's coming in or what's going out. Whereas if you have a joint account and you're together in your marriage with your money and you're in lockstep and you're in unison, then we find that it's a lot more settling. It's a lot more settling to have that peace of mind in, in your marriage. So Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we've had joint accounts since we, we got together. And I mean, don't get me wrong. We, we have conversations about money, but it's all right there for you to see. Sure. It's very transparent. Jamie and I, we do the same thing. We, we, we will review, you know, uh, our bills. We'll review uh, what our savings are. We'll take a look at our, our money together, and it's transparent for both of us. But we're not. We don't worry about money. And and I, I'm going to say this not not uh, braggingly, but you know, when we were younger, we struggled with money a lot. Yeah. I mean, we we were in credit card debt. We had uh, you know we had everything financed. I mean, we I remember even back when we were younger, we had our furniture financed. We had so many <laughs> things financed. You know, it was like we had this bill, this bill, this bill, this bill, this bill. And to me now. And I've been, you know, we live a debt-free life and we've been, you know, uh, outside of our mortgage, we have a mortgage on our home where we live, but, you know, outside of that, we live yeah. completely debt-free, you know, and, and, you know, when you look at uh, what money did to us when we were younger, we had a lot of, a lot of conversations that were painful and hurtful even at times when we were younger and we struggled with money, whereas now very seldom is money even a conversation where we're stressed or frustrated, but we made a decision when we were younger to take and get out of debt. That's, that's I think, a key step for most people. Well, number one, if you're younger and you're listening to this, don't get in debt. Live live where your means are at. You Absolutely. Now, um, I get if you got to do a big purchase like a mortgage of a home, you may have to take a loan on that. Or a car. If- or, or a car, but be smart with that yeah, too, right? Absolutely. If you can save up and purchase that uh, outright, that's ideal. But even then... We know we probably have to have transportation to get back and forth to work. Be smart about it. If you can't afford, uh, you know, your high end car that you want to be driving around and looking flashy, and then go down to the local car lot and find you a ch- uh, inexpensive, reliable automobile to get you back and forth until you have enough money saved up to go buy that nicer vehicle. There's nothing wrong with having the nicer vehicle, but don't live above your means. Don't live yeah. to where that where you're going to stress about making that car payment every month. Don't do that to yourself. Well, it's not only that. I mean, when you start looking at vehicles, and I know we're not necessarily talking about vehicles, we're talking about money, but when you look at vehicles, it comes down to a lot of people don't think about it is what's my insurance on this vehicle? What's my maintenance on this vehicle? Because you go down and buy, say, certain vehicles, sure, everything's gonna be cheaper. Yep. So in the long run, you're accounting for every step of your money and how you're spending it. If you buy that higher end car, it could come down to even fuel. I mean, you could be paying, you know, 20, 30 cents more a gallon. And and that money you could use towards something else. Do, yeah, do your research. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of and, and this also goes hand in hand with the money conversation. A lot of times it's because we're lazy. We do whatever we want. Yep. And we we don't do our research. We don't study it out. My wife makes fun of me sometimes, but she knows it's it's good for us. Is I will go and do a long 
uh, amount of research before I buy an automobile. I'll understand the reliability of it. I'll understand, uh, you know, what that vehicle, I usually buy my vehicles used. Uh, yep. I will, I will find out what that vehicle's averages are going for. I will work through, you know, an, an app like Car Gurus <laughs> or something to figure out, you know, uh, what's a good deal. Um, now, if I do buy a new automobile, which I've done before, um, I will then take and uh, get prices from every dealership within like a hundred mile radius, and I'll I'll know what my spec is, and I will send that to everyone, and I'll use that to find my lower price. My last vehicle I bought new, I think I got for like six thousand dollars off where I started at because I was diligent doing that. Now, God's God wants us to be wise with our money, and that's being wise with your money. I know we're using the car thing as an illustration, but we can do this with uh, many things in our life we can be a lot we can be wise about how we utilize the resources that god has given to us well exactly and that's the key thing is is what's god's given to us god gave us the skills for whatever jobs we're working yes so that money is coming from god so first and foremost it's not ours to begin with and that's one thing other people have to get their heads around is everything i have is because of god yes so if i think of that mindset you know, it, it just changes the way you think about money, the way you spend money. Yeah, and, and we need to treat every dollar that God puts in our possession like it's his. Yes. And this is where people fail. And and I'm, this is not going to be a podcast on tithing, but I've got to talk about this because I it drives me nuts when I have people come to me and they're talking about struggling their finances. And as a pastor, sometimes I may know if they tithe or not. Uh, or if they, I'll just ask him point blank, what are you giving to God? Are you giving, as the biblical principle shows, are you giving your first fruits? You know, yes. we don't have, today, we don't have maybe necessarily a garden or even a, you know, uh, animals we're butchering or whatever, where we can bring the first fruits and offerings to the house of God. But our first fruits are, is that top, that cream off the top yep. of our of our paychecks, you know, uh, that 10% of our income that we are giving. So don't... <laughs> If you got a mystery on why you're struggling financially, but you are not giving your first fruits to God, then you're messed up. Yeah, you've shared that testimony. You've had that testimony with me about a, a process that you went through to get there, and now what you didn't understand, God's just made awesome, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we we struggled for a while. I mean, we would we would give at the beginning of every paycheck, but it was nowhere near the 10%. Mm -hmm. And I had a friend tell me, you just have to get to that 10%. In order for God to really work, you've truly got to be given that 10%. And, and ever since we got there, I was like, well, I, I can't figure out how I'm going to make, you know, make this, you know, tithing payment and be able to pay my bills. And every time I did, I was able to. And even now, you know, we do the tithing of the 10%, but even given extra when it comes to, you know, missions and things like that. Sure. God will continue to bless if you continue to serve and be faithful. And and again, going back to what you're saying about people, they can't understand money. It's not ours to understand. It's God math. Yes. And when you try to understand God math, it'll never happen. Right. And and here's the deal. When you learn when you really learn that those resources are God's, he just keeps pouring more and more and more in. Absolutely. And, you know, the, my story, and I'll share this when we do a tithe one, but, you know, I will give you just a snippet for the listeners today. I will take, and we now give 20% of our income, and I want to, by the time I retire, give 90% of my income and live off 10%. And I'm not saying that braggingly, but I'm saying that because the more I give to God, the more I show him that it's his money and not my money, 
he just continues to bless me with more resources. It's like the the man the the the, the illustration of the men with the talents, right? Mm-hmm. If you use your talent, God's going to bless it. If you hide your talent or you bury your talent and you bury your treasure and you don't utilize it for God, then he's not going to bless you with it. Matter of fact, he's going to probably be angry and upset that you did such a thing. So we have to understand that God wants us to use what he's given to us for his glory. So the question is, do we use it for our glory or do we use it for his glory? And if we start checking ourselves, we'll see by looking around our home, looking around at our possessions, how we're using our money. Well, absolutely. I mean, Lisa and I were, were looking at it the other day and we're, we're thinking more minimalistic now, right? We're not, yes. we're not looking at, you know, how do we keep up with the Joneses? You know, ever since we came back to Christ, our mindsets have completely changed to where when I have, and when I spend money on things, I'm not giving myself the availability to serve maybe in a place where I want to serve, like a missions trip or something else, because I've spent that money on something that just sits in the house. Yeah. And, and I think as we grow in God and we grow in money, we'll realize that we don't need all that stuff. That stuff doesn't bring us any happiness. That nope. stuff doesn't bring any value to us. Returns void. It, the return is void. And, and where we could take, you know, and I used the illustration of missions a while ago, where we can take maybe that, you know, $500 we were going to spend on whatever our frivolous thing is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. We'll say a new grill for outside. We all like to cook on grills as guys. <laughs> We're going to spend it on a new grill while we still actually have a good one in the garage that we can still use, right? But we could instead take that $500 and build a well in a foreign country where we can see the result of somebody being able to drink fresh water and get life every day. Well, and one of the challenges is, is we don't see those people every day. Right. We don't see that heartache. We don't see that pain. So we think, let's just do what we want with it. Now, if you put somebody like that in your face- you know, are you, you're usually more willing to, to use that money. So just having the mindset that God has on people hurting, people struggling, and how much more do you really need? You know, how it's selfish versus, versus selfless. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it makes us check ourselves. Are we, are we really being wise with our money or not? Yeah. Are, we, are we really uh, looking at our finances and looking at what God has blessed us with and we're treating it with wisdom and yeah. not, I, I get so sad and heartbroken when I see people struggle, and I want to just sit with them and say, hey, and I will sit with you. If you guys are listening, you want help, I'll be happy to sit with you. I'm not saying I'm a money expert, but I do know that the blessings of the Lord are great, and it just starts first by treating that money like it's his because it is his. He owns everything, and, and we might think we own it. He's just giving us resources to utilize, and uh, a good friend of mine, he used to say, uh, you know, he would go into the world every day to work his job to extract money from the devil's system to put it to use for God's glory. And man, that just sticks with me. You yeah. know, get out there, understand that you have to go out into the world and you have to earn a living because that's what we have to do. But with that being said, uh, we need to utilize those resources for the glory of God. So, so, you know, are we buying what we actually need or are we buying, you know, uh, that's the question I think each of us have to ask. What are, what are we buying? What are we spending our money on? Are you impulse buying? I, I find, tell you a way to correct some of this. You know, we, we, uh, Jamie and I, a lot of, you know, we, we go on date nights on Sunday nights and a lot of times that ends up being grocery shopping. Yeah. I noticed that when I go with her and I'm talking about me right now, when I go with her, and we go grocery shopping, the grocery bill is usually higher because I'm an, 
impulse buyer <laughs> in the food section at the grocery store, right? Oh, that looks good. Throw it in the cart. That looks good. Throw it in the cart. And Jamie told me one time, she's like, she's like, you know, we could really live a lot lower than what we currently do if we weren't so. And and she wasn't pointing at me. We all deal with this in our in our household. Yep. If we didn't just randomly get whatever we want, we wanted no matter what. We've been spoiled, you know. So one way, and again, this is what Lisa and I started doing because obviously with the surge in prices and everything is we meal plan Yes, and we just go online and order what, what need. we need on the meal plan and everything. And we've noticed that we're spending a lot less money, even though with inflation the way it is, we're still not seeing our bills as high as they could be because we're, we're being thoughtful and we're walking through what we're spending. Absolutely. And that's the thing. If you will be intentional... Yeah. With what you're spending, if you'll be intentional with the amount of money that uh, is going in and going out, and you make a plan, to your point, you, you're using the illustration of food, but you make a meal plan yeah. and say, I'm going to spend you know an X amount of dollars on dinner this week or whatever it Breakfast, is. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, yeah. And then you spell out your menu, then you're good. We, I'll give you an illustration, too. You know, um, I, I was looking at the price of beef the other day oh. in, in the store. And as you know, and I think you do the same thing, yep. I, I buy a whole cow every year from a local farmer. And, and um, when I look at the price per pound that I pay him versus the price of what you are paying in the grocery store, I'm talking triple four or five times in some cases, depending on the cut. Yep. And that's yeah, the cut. Absolutely. Uh, from what I'm paying for a whole my, my whole cow per pound, you know. And it's when I think about that and and but you know, when people live in paycheck to paycheck, they can't afford to go buy a a, a cow. They no. can't they can't do that. But what you have to do is you have to get I, I couldn't do that 10, 20 years ago, but I got finally got to a place to where I got out of debt. I got that that dark cloud out from over top of me. Now I can live frugal because I can plan ahead. Yep. I can I can I can pay ahead and I can plan ahead. So not saying that in a bragging manner, but there's hope for you. Because I was the same way as some of you that are listening, where you're buried in debt, you're sitting down every month trying to figure out how to float the note and get your money, you know, from point A to point B. Um there's hope for you. You can you can snowball that debt and get it down as Dave Ramsey says, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that's the difficult thing is just again, when you look at what God can do versus what we can do on our own. We need to lean in on him and help have him guide us. Yeah, we need to learn that what he has given to us, we must use for him uh, or we'll lose it. Mm. And we we got to find ourselves uh, giving him glory in our finances if we want to stop struggling and getting by. So there's going to be a lot more podcasts to follow on the topic of money. I just want to kind of break the ground with this conversation because so many of you out there today are struggling with your finances, and I want to tell you first, there is hope, okay? We're here as a resource. We would love to sit with you, talk with you, help you, but I can tell you this. If you're listening to this and, and you're wondering, what is the first step I need to do to get out of this mess I'm in, put God first in your finances, hands down. If you do that, if you do that, it'll all work out, so... Wrapping this thing up today, Cam, what's on your mind? Anything else, buddy? No, that that sums it up pretty well. I mean, put God first and everything. Things go better. Absolutely. So, hey, guys, thanks for listening today. We'd love to hear your comments and feedback on this. Feel free to share with us. Uh, we hope to talk to you soon. Uh, until then, God bless you, and we'll see you next time on the Unconventional Journey Podcast.